With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Minor Nation? I'm Anthony Salome here with Alex Nicholas, and we got an hour-long podcast, the Rush Podcast, brought to you live by who, who SB Nation. It brought to you live by SB Nation. And we're going to go a whole hour of complaining why we, yeah, we got we, shafted we, from the college football not playoff. To, not to talk about anything worth talking about. Any no 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 sports. We're not going to break down any games. We're not going to talk about upcoming games. We're going to just spend an hour, an hour talking about everything that's gone wrong with this program over the last week, year, decade, on and on. And I'm still going to rant about UTEP getting shafted from the college playoff. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's going on, y'all? It's been uh, it's been a rough week. I mean, there was some positive that went on Saturday with, with in the Sun Bowl, which we'll get to. But, I mean, the dominating headlines is just, I mean, gosh, where, where to start with this? I mean – you start Wednesday, you know, with a with with an embarrassing loss. I mean, there's there's so many adjectives you can describe that loss, and all of them are going to be shit, stank, poo, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then after the game, you find out what's going on with you, one of UTEP's has to has to be on the floor type players that we've talked about probably since May. And then the weekend goes along, and it just all goes to shit in the UTEP basketball program. I mean, it's a shambles. It really is. I mean, there's no other there's way no to other put way it. To put. I mean, there, there's there's no other way to be nice about it. Last night, if you guys heard me on the, on the CUSA Hoops cast, I mean, there was not much that I could say about UTEP as far. You know, we're break. We went down every conference USA team and try to break down. You know, the season. I mean, there was really nothing for me to kind of break down X's and O's wise to give to say this is UTEP's issues. UTEP issues are structural issues within the program. This is not even X's and O's, and we'll get into that. But obviously, the big story over the past couple of days, Terry Wynn speaks out. As you all know, we were kind of, I guess we could say we were one of the first ones to report Wednesday that Terry Wynn was unheard of, didn't know what was going on. Uh, Tim Floyd kind of gave some elaborate uh, comments. And, And that's the thing. A lot of people are saying, well, Tim Floyd's side of it had to come out. It did. Like Tim Floyd basically said Tim what Floyd happened. Tim Floyd's full of shit. And How about that? Why he's full of How shit. How about that? Tim Floyd's you know, full of shit. You know what? Here's all I got to say. I, and I thought about that today as I read the prospector story on Terry Wynn about, you know, his side of the story and how things happen. I, I, I would assume that Terry Wynn is making himself sound a little better than, than it really is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like anybody, whenever you're telling your side of the story – you know, you always, you know, you tell the truth, but you bend it yeah. just a little bit in your favor. And, and so I would assume that that's the case here. But even with that, we've seen this happen over and over and over and, and over and over and, over and over and over and over. I could do I could do a bunch more overs because it's been that many yeah. players that have left the program since day one of Tim Floyd's tenure here. Oh, Arnett Moultrie. Starting one, with right? Arnett Moultrie. Day one, right? Starting yeah. with Arnett Moultrie. You know, and, and you know, what, what gets me the most is I read those comments about, about Tim Floyd saying to, to Terry Wynn, get off my court, you know, just being a straight hard ass. Like, there, there's, a, there's a, a difference between being a, a, a good, you know, disciplined coach, discipline-oriented coach, and, being and just asshole. being a complete dick. Yeah. And, and Tim Floyd is a complete dick for everything that he's done to these players. Because these are kids that come in expecting not only to get education, but to be able to improve themselves as athletes, as basketball players, potentially have futures in the sport, you know, professionally. And Tim Floyd does absolutely nothing, nothing to develop these kids. And and so many times we see them leaving uh, before their, their four years are up. And it's so disappointing. But to see Tim Floyd act like that with Terry Wynn, um, especially, uh, again, we don't know the whole side of it. We don't know both sides of it. But to me, when you start seeing this happen over and over, the common denominator is, is Tim Floyd. And that's, that's the bottom line. You can make every excuse for him that you want, but the common denominator is Tim Floyd 
Something's got to change within this program. If it doesn't change within this program, it's got to change at the top. And Natalicio needs to step up and fire Bob Stahl. We talked about Bob Stahl riding off into the sunset after this year. This, is, same, this yeah, isn't a sunset yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, this is, this is doomy, gloomy, cloudy, uh, dark skies. This ain't no sunset. And you can go back even further, you know, with, with, with different incidents. And if you, if you guys have looked up uh, on minor digs, I might, I could probably just might as well pull that up to, with UTEP defense. Brian Stein, one of our riders, went on there and basically posted everything that's gone wrong under Tim Floyd since he took over. And even going back a little further, you know, under uh, under a guy like under a guy like like Bob Stolt, what's happened. But I want to go back to what you said because you made some really good points about how it made Terry Wynn look good. Now. He said a lot of – he basically got a lot off his chest, but there's two things that I feel were kind of to his favor because I thought the rest of everything that he said was pretty spot on. Like, I don't think there's any any question that there is a disconnect, that there's a bad culture in there, that there's no relationship, I guess you say. But two things that kind of jumped at me. The first, how the hell do coaches don't have your phone number? Yeah, that was kind of, you know, a deal. And then the second, what you point on where he said, get the hell off my floor, like – you've been to Tim Floyd practices before like Tim Floyd and I'll give him credit for this because this is what you're supposed to Tim Floyd is a a beast when he's on that practice floor I mean his focus level his intensity is where you want it to be so when Terry Wynn smiles at him he's unable to relate to that because it's weird because Terry Wynn came in in the offseason all talk was how he's matured how he's been reading books how he's been changing his body. He lost a lot of weight. He was going into a different role. Tim Floyd even talked highly of him. And all of a sudden, one little issue, one little smile, and it blows up like that. I mean, there's something missing in there that this happened before. Yeah. Like there's, and, and knowing what we know about how is in practice, what's going on, Mr. Long, uh, that kind of makes it where you see that Tim Floyd is just an asshole. Yeah. Because, I mean, Terry Wynn, these, everybody is a character. Everybody has that whether they're a live wire, whether a chill cat, I always think of Terry Wynn is kind of that live wire, that kind of that guy that is that different personality that you may have to spend a little extra attention to. But I mean, treating him like that, not only this wasn't at home, this was on the road. This was in in a nationally, you know, a a national spotlight tournament for that to happen. And that really what blows my mind is for one, how the hell did he not have the coach's number? Number two, why would Tim Floyd let that, get out of hand in that situation because it's called it, it, it's it's not it's not so much that where it happened but this team was almost figuring themselves out a little bit it was encouraging that weekend it was a very encouraging weekend even if Terry didn't play that Sunday game it was encouraging it, it just it, it blows my mind and it just really shows you what we've kind of been like we've known a bit what's kind of gone on and we've speculated mostly but I think all that speculation came to light with Terry Wynn's comments today and and even going back to the channel four story uh, over the weekend you know I don't think there's any question um that there's still something missing from this and and like I said I'm sure I'm sure Terry didn't tell the 100% truth and we haven't heard completely Floyd's side of it or I don't know if we ever will I mean I think Floyd's a, a, the type of coach that, and we've we've kind of come to know this that he he likes to keep a lot of the stuff in house. Yeah. He doesn't want it getting out there, good or bad. He just he keeps everything in, in, inside. But you know the way that he treated Terry, from what we know, it comes down to one thing, and it's called ego. But to to have that type of ego, without the success that he's had here at this at UTEP, is it, kind of sad. Because it, it's one thing if 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 you're you know, you've built a consistent winning program and you're not going to put up with nonsense and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that you should put up with nonsense, but I'm saying to have that attitude and, and that ego, maybe, just maybe, that has something to do with the fact that you've been unable to find success here. You know, maybe you are part of the problem in the way that you are going about things. Maybe, you know, one of the reasons that so many people have transferred is because you don't know how to deal with them. Maybe your old school style of coaching, whatever that means, isn't translating to these, to these new era players as we saw, you know? Um, But bottom line is, you know, this has just gotten way out of hand. I know that you, I know that you use the the word encouraging a lot after that, that first tournament. Um, I, I, I disagree in the sense that, there was one day that was encouraging. 
you know, Western Michigan, you know, you didn't really know what to expect because Western Michigan played, was it Boise the day before yeah. or, or Villanova the day before? Villanova, Villanova, yeah. You they know, they played in. Villanova and they hung in there. And so, you know, heading into the second game, you're thinking, damn, we might get our asses smashed at the end today. And, and then we come out, we play well, we come up with a double-digit win, and then that was definitely encouraging. But the first day, to lose the way we did yeah. to, to Wake Forest with absolutely no defense, giving up I don't know how many threes, giving up 63 points in the first half, that, that's, that, that's unacceptable, and that's n- not encouraging in any way. It's very discouraging. And, and the third day, you know, we played terrible, absolutely terrible for about 30 minutes. There was about a five- or six-minute stretch in the first half where we opened up that 15-4 to lead, and then there was a five-minute stretch in the second half to open up that we opened up another 10-12 point lead. That that was it. But other than that, we played absolutely terrible. And the the coaches made zero adjustments throughout the game. It it just seemed like they had no clue what they were doing. So, again, that that type of stuff was extremely discouraging because – Coming off that win over Western Michigan, coming into a game against Mississippi State that you know is very winnable, and jumping out to multiple digit, double-digit leads and not being able to close that out, to me, that's on coaching. Yeah. That's completely on coaching. And when, and when I say encouraging, because my expectations were so low with this that's team. That's true. So that, that I, I wasn't saying that this team was oh, automatically a top-five conference. It's just because my, my, my expectations, my realistic expectations were so slow. And I'm thinking, hey, maybe this team could come out and, and put a 40-minute – put a good 40 minutes together against UAB later in the year. It, that That's what that was. But you, I agree. It just, you, you, it's so many peaks and valleys with this team, you know, and, and kind of going back to that Terry Wynn thing, what really kind of grinds my gears when Tim talks about being selfish and being me, me, me. Well, isn't this the same guy, Terry Wynn, that came in and sat behind Vince Hunter and redshirted and, and kind of gave up his year. And, you know, for the most part, from what we've seen on the outside has been kind of, uh, a good soldier, I guess. Maybe not perfect. I mean, there's always going to be chinks in the army. Look at Omega Harris; he's still around, but he's had his issues. But this is a guy that I just don't. I just don't get Tim's explanation, and it makes it even cloudier with the whole program. When he goes, he's not about the team. Well, like, okay, this motherfucker sat out two years ago. Like, what's changed from there from now when this is his team now? And he even said, and I even tweeted, it's funny because I tweeted this out there and he favored it, that I actually liked Paul Thomas starting in that tournament. I thought maybe, maybe they could find something with Terry Wynn coming off the bench. And Terry Wynn favored that that tweet. So, and he was even quoted of saying, you know what, uh, I even told a couple of teammates that that could work. I mean, it makes, if, if you watch this basketball team, as Terry Wynn has watched this basketball program over the past couple of years, you know that the lack of depth has been hurting. So that that right there just shows where Tim Floyd's head is, that he j- he's just going to pop off. There, there, there's no chill. He's going to pop off in a May press conference. He's going to pop off in a, in a November press conference. He's going to pop off in a November practice with the player. And, th- I mean, something just has to change because this, it's, it's unacceptable. I mean, it's really unacceptable to see this program falling the way it is. It's not so much of just losing. You know, it, it's fine if Tim Floyd – it's putting together good teams and they're just falling apart, you know, on the court. But this off-court stuff, I mean, it's just it's really, really just disheartening. I mean, you just, I mean, the the big thing that that really jumps out to me is how did he have a job after that gambling issue? Yeah, they handled it well, but with everything that happened before that with Hamilton and and it's just it's one thing after another, and it's really like how how much is how much is not Alicio and Stoll going to run this program in the ground? With, with with Floyd at the helm before they're like okay that enough when when we're averaging four thousand when the the attendance is just horrible when the when it's just, damn dude I you mean, know we're we're actually kind of lucky that UTEP is in El Paso is a basketball town the UTEP's yeah. basketball school um, because we've seen still decent attendance numbers even with the struggles that the basketball program has had we're still up in the seven to eight range per game which is more than any other Conference USA school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not doing terribly, but there's no reason for us not to be putting 10,000 10, plus every single game and selling out every now and then. You know, we, we, this isn't football where, oh, it's so hard to get talent to come to El Paso because you need to field 60 players for a team and all this stuff. No, you need four or five good guys, a few role players, a few bench players. I mean, this is, this is basketball. It, come on. I mean, we've seen – 
from from even Rabidou had minimal success. I mean, it, just about as much success as we've seen out of Tim Floyd, yep. you know. And then we saw Gillespie do it, and we saw Sather do it, and we saw Barbie do it. And all of a sudden, the the almighty Tim Floyd can't come in here and have one season that that is you know, consider successful. I mean, to me, going 20 and 14 is not successful. You know, going to the CBI is not successful. Going to the NIT and losing, sneaking into the NIT and losing in the first round is not successful. You know, to, to be here, I think this is either what, you're seven or eight, one yeah, of the two. I mean, to, to be here this long and not have one NCAA tournament banner hanging up there. Conference USA it's, championship it's appearance at, at minimum. I well, mean, he had the first year. I, I, I throw that out yeah, because that I, 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 I don't. I really don't look at that season as a success to Tim Floyd. No, definitely I, I think. Not. I think. I think without Tim Floyd, we go dancing. We beat. We, 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 we probably beat Memphis by 15 agree. points in that game. I could, well, even I even, even, even well, close. they were good, but, but we we had them on the road. But you talk and, about and, and you can you can even you don't even have to bring back Derek character you or bring back Mostert. Give Barbie that team. They're running through cats that year. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no way about it. And and I, I see, I see you over I, there with that list. Let me let me throw ahead, off, let ahead, me knock out this list though, because UTEP defense, man, this dude, I really like this dude. We talk a lot on Twitter. Has a great insight. So since Floyd's gotten here, this is what's happened, what's transpired, and this is pretty much everything here. He brought some football stuff, but I'm just gonna talk basketball. So UTEP's official Twitter account criticized the skills of our own player during the game. That was Jeff Darby still has a job. And, and I like and I've, I like I've Jeff. Heard we, Jeff is great, but come on, yeah, yeah that was you, terrible. He does that at Texas, bro. You're in the unemployment line. Yeah. So Tim Floyd held an press conference and got into a highly publicized altercation with the media. We all know that's going to happen. Two different basketball players have left early to turn pro, despite not even have a chance to be drafted. Basketball has home losses against Norfolk State, UT Arlington, Southeast Southeast Louisiana, New Orleans, FAU. The, there? F- the FAU, I'll dismiss, but the yeah, rest of them, you yeah. know, especially the way that FAU game went down. But anyway. Let's see. Star basketball recruit signed and didn't want to come right or wrong, some negative attention, and then refused to let the player come out of his scholarship, another verbal spat or, or a national spat with the player. This is what now his second or third spat with the player. Basketball has seen yearly discipline issues, internal conflicts, general drama at levels we've never seen before. And you don't really see this at, at normal basketball programs or even your average basketball program. The basketball team had to self-report and kick out three players for school gambling, whether you're on the side of that was out of Tim Floyd's control, whatever that happened under his watch. Uh, our current conference has lost seven members and recently the worst TV deal, da-da-da-da, that's obviously well. Bas- this is a big one to me. Basketball staff had an altercation with Alfred and UNM staff prior to the NIT game. I was I mean, wondering if that, that one was going to be that, on that, that list. That's just crazy. Floyd got into a pub. And this, this is, to me, this is, these are like the pinnacles of it. Tim Floyd gets into a publicized altercation with Andy Infield at a hospitality event during a, during a, what is turning into a very prestigious holiday tournament that because of that, UTEP under Tim Floyd, maybe even UTEP period won't show up in that tournament again. And then, you know, obviously the big one, this is an embarrassing one, another embarrassing one. Floyd and fucking Phil Johnson getting kicked out of the ECU game, having to get restrained no. by, I mean, and that was a passion, but still, that was not a good look. I for actually, I, of course, not. I, 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 I love that one. Though. Yeah. Cause that, you know, what, that, was you know what, that I, I would scratch off that list. I'm not even trying to defend Tim Floyd right now, but I, that one, I would scratch off that list. Cause you go back to the days of the bear bro. And there were days where that dude went wild on that sideline. So I can't, I can't, you know, I can't really agree with that too much, but but you there, get, there's you, no doubt about it that so much stuff has happened with this guy that has brought this program down to a level that we have not seen before. And, and you know, literally since Don Haskins was here and getting here in 1964 or whatever it was, you know, we have not seen this from the UTEP basketball program. It, it, it's embarrassing. You know, I, now I brought up my list that I wanted to go down. I tweeted this uh, uh, a couple days ago. but hey, It's funny. Before you start that, the prospectors told you this. Exactly, huh? <laughs> Exactly. Like, they didn't even bother to move names around, bro. I noticed that, dude. I noticed that. But, no, I want to go down this list. you got Arnett Moultrie, Michael Pettis, Devon Campbell, Darius Nelson, Markwell Jackson, Malcolm Moore, Twymon Howard, Chris Washburn Jr., Josh Brown, Mackenzie Moore, Justin Crosgall, Jalen Raglan, Vince Hunter, Broderick Jones, Josh McSwiggan, Lee Moore, Terry Wynn. Those are all players that were here on this basketball team that ended up transferring away whether they ever played or not. Now, what's funny is that, you know, once I tweeted that out, like I had to respond to multiple people about how there's just too many to remember because people that I didn't, let me see if this is all. 
system. I'm, I, I know I can get to the conversation. Um, it'll pop it up. It pop. Here we go. So I got some. I got some. Some uh, uh, people responding to me. First of all, Lutet Minor, Romine, Christian Romine. We didn't even put on that yeah. list. Uh, Lou Stallworth, Andre Spate. Um, I think there was one other one on here that. Myron Strong. Did I put Myron Strong? Oh yeah, that was that was a that was a that bad one. one. That was a that bad one is actually one that that hits home right here at Minor Rush because uh, my boy Adrian yeah. Martinez, who was running Minor Rush before myself, he actually had kind of what the prospector did with with Terry Wynn. He did that with yeah. Myron Strong, except his like the prospector. I'm not gonna. I mean, it was good. Yeah. I mean, they got some yeah. information. But now this one with Myron Strong, and, and, and maybe we can go back and post that shit. I don't yeah. give a fuck at this point. I, I, that's we'll where I first that discovered up. Myron um, Strong, you know, honestly. It, it sat down, and, and it really gave Myron Strong a chance to really voice his side of the story. It didn't even go up to, like, the Memphis commercial appeal. Like, yeah, it they got even, picked up. Dan it, got, it, was a, it, was a huge, yeah. it was a huge story for us. And, and Tim Floyd actually, you know, from that point kind of banned Minor Rush for a while. Like, they were – they did not want to have anything to do with minor rush because of that story. Like, and, and, and that's the thing about how this program is run and really how the athletics department at UTEP is run. You know, we, tr- I'm not trying to throw Denise Mata under the bus right now, but we tried to get Aaron Jones on this show for this podcast and, and didn't even get a, a response. And the, the sad thing is, is that that's become commonplace yeah. from, from the people that are around the UTEP Athletics Department. And we disclaimer a lot yeah, of shit. Exactly. We, we, like, with Denise, we're not going to ask about exactly. Aaron We're just going to – you know what I mean? And like, that, you're, you're trying to go about this as professionally as possible and do it the right way and do it the way that they want it right, done, whether exactly. that's the right way or so not. So we could get our way. Exactly. And, and yet we get no response. And this isn't the first time. There's been emails before that have been sent to multiple SIDs. I know that from other me- members of the media talking about, you know, trying to get in touch with Floyd and getting absolutely no response. And, and that's just the way it's run. Yeah. If they don't want to tell you something, they're not even going to bother telling you. If they and, don't and want it out. It's, it's, it's pretty sad. And so, look, man, I mean, we can go on and on and on and on about how, how everything that, you know, with everything that's gone wrong with – all the people that have left this program, we didn't even mention the recruits. I mean, how many recruits have, have not made it onto campus? That's another, that's a write-up, that's a thousand-word write-up in there, itself. There's been so many things mm. that have gone wrong with this program under Tim Floyd's watch that it, it's just, it's, when, when is enough enough? You know, these home losses, look, man, I mean, Southeastern Louisiana can go 30-2 and two this year. And I would still say that yep. was a terrible loss I, I, for us. I, they could win. Like I said, the, I feel they're especially, a top five outline conference team, but that's not going to take that nasty taste out of my mouth. Especially, especially with them playing without their top players. Yep. How, how do you lose to Southeastern Louisiana on your home court? You know, and, and not just your home court. I mean, this is the non-Haskins Center that, yeah. that gets loud, that gets loud, that can put some It'd people in It'd be intimidating for a Southeastern Louisiana. Exactly. And yet you lose without their best player by 16 points. And didn't show up. I mean, they jumped out to that early lead, whatever. I think it was like 7 nothing, And that was it. I mean, they, you talked about them playing a good stretch of basketball against uh, Wake Forest or whatever or Mississippi State. I mean, that, there was like a four-minute stretch where UTEP showed up. And, I mean, it just it, th- there was nothing. In the second half, Lutep Minor pointed out that Tim Floyd wasn't even doing shit. I didn't pay attention. I honestly really was writing up the story already because I just wanted to get out of there. So the second half, I'm not paying attention to the stuff I usually do. But to have Tim Floyd not even get up when you, we know he's an active coach, we know he's always up on the sidelines, whether he's up in the ref's ear or in his player's ear, that right there is telling. I mean, there, there's bottom no line, doubt about bottom it. Bottom line is, and I've been saying this now for three years. No bullshit. I've been saying this for three years. Tim Floyd needs to go, period. There is, there, at this point, there, I just, I don't see how he's going to all of a sudden get things turned around. This year, next year, the year after, and for what? Even if it is next year, the year after, one NCAA tournament in nine years? And then what happens? We give him another five or six years? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's getting to the point where it's comical, and, and, I mean, look, I, I'm not one to call for somebody's livelihood and say, you know, I'll oh, get rid of him. But this is a case where he is bad for the program. Yeah, it's not it, about it, X's and O's. It's not no, about it's scores. Not, and even at that, I can, I can talk a lot about yeah, the things oh, that yeah. he's done wrong. That's, like, that's another thousand-word write-up. <laughs> but, yes, you're right. It, 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 it's become a cancer for this program to have Tim Floyd here. 
everything that's gone wrong. And, and some of it is out of his control, like you were talking about on that list with the gambling and whatnot. You know, that's not something that he necessarily could The Darby, or the Darby stuff. The Darby, yeah, that's, not, that's out of his control. But it's things that happen under his watch, and you never saw that kind of stuff. And you don't see that kind of stuff at other programs. From, from a guy that, that, that always brags about putting guys in the NBA and a guy that's bragged about being able to win at the college level. You know, that, Look, that's and, I, and I know this has happened before. Right at other at other universities. Hell, but how often? Haskins was under. I was reading an article today where Haskins had the last. Of, I mean, we all know that, but even the '90s, he was all in probation. But still, yeah. but, but aside from that, I mean, that can come from a lot of things. But you know, when you talk about the things that have happened under Floyd, especially, and I was waiting for you to bring up because I didn't read that list. I was waiting for you to bring up those spats that he had with Enfield and and Alfred and, uh, Alfred. and Craig Neal. When do you see that type of stuff? When do you see that? I mean, I'm not saying it's never happened before, but how often do you see that type of stuff? And twice from the same coach? And Andy Enfield was quoted as saying, I was trying to make peace. Tim was being the fucking asshole. And that's how he is. Yep. That's how he is. We've got a caller right now. Let's see what they Oh, 818. Hopefully they got something good to say about this. Hopefully it ain't no prank caller like, like last week. Tim, you there? Hello? I'm just kidding, but I was calling you Tim. <laughs> What's going on, man? Yeah, Welcome hey, to the hey, podcast. Serious, guys, uh, 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 did, did your program have a schedule, like a certain time frame it comes on? Or? Um, yes and no. I mean, it just kind of depends on, on, on what part of the season we're in and when we can get around to it. But it's usually at 6 p.m. It's usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And we try to do it every week, but it will rotate Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We're working men, so we're not totally <laughs> dedicated to the rush 100% like we would like to. You got it. You got any opinions okay, on Tim Floyd and this whole mess that's going on right now? I don't really know you. No, nah, not much. Uh, but Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, uh, it's six o'clock. Is that uh, Eastern time? So that's going to be Mountain time. Oh, six o'clock Mountain time. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You got any other programs going on, or? No, that'll be it. Thanks for the call, okay, but all right. Top- that was a great call right there, dude. <laughs> Very insightful. Very insightful. I'm, 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 I'm thinking. You're quick with the. Hey, you're, you're the gym, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Peace, bro. You got nothing to say. We're out. No, but hey, are, are, are we getting trolled or something? You get the, you get the call last week. We get the call this week. I'm t- uh, it ain't me. I check my. <laughs> Are we getting trolled over here? I, think I mean, so. what's going on? I mean, huh? you, you, all you got to do is look up Blog Talk. You can find any other radio station. So I guess we're getting the trolled the most. But I, was I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to add something to the show, man. But he did, bro. He let everybody know when we're on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, I, he got the bases. I had to pull the plug on that quick. Um, you know. Either way, I mean, we've only got it. We've only got another thirty minutes. Yeah, so. I mean, really, honestly, I mean, we we've said it. We we keep going for thirty minutes. We've said enough. <laughs> I think we've said enough. I mean, and the funny thing about it is, like, it's it's even hard to come out and break down this weekend's game. Like, I really don't have nothing we for you. Exactly. I didn't even know the only thing I know is Northwestern State lost by six to Mississippi State. I don't know what this team is gonna do. I don't know how they recover. I mean, if it was funny, I'm listening to sports talk today, and, and Steve Cap was trying to be nice. And when he's like, well, could this be Tim Floyd's uh, another one of those, you know, miracle jobs like he did with the gambling? I think he's lost this team. I, you know, when we've talked about the program, let's talk about these current players. Yeah. I think he's lost, especially because all they got to do is step outside their dorm room and they see their teammate on the front page of the school newspaper. And they're living that shit every day. So when this stuff comes out and if they're, you know, maybe these guys feel it, you know, I, who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows if they're actually feeling what Terry feels, you know, but it's just, I think he lost his team and I'm going to find it real hard to see this team being able to bounce back and to be able to compete in Conference USA. Got another caller on the line. Let's see what they got to say. How's it going? Who's calling in? What's up, man? This is Andrew, a.k.a. Sick With It, a.k.a. Uncle Drew on your Twitter handle. There we go. There we go. My man. At least, at least we know we're not being trolled with you, man. (laughs) <laughs> no, not with this one, not with this one. That sucks that they're doing that. But, uh, man, I just, you know, it's, I mean, I'm right there with you guys and with the rest of Minor Nation. But, um, you know, the one thing that really hurts me, and I know this, we're not even thinking about this, but I feel like Tim Floyd will be gone for some reason. I don't know how it's going to happen because I know it's stolen him or real buddy-buddy. But that incoming, um, that incoming class that's coming in, I mean, there's two or three really good pieces that I would like to see next year. I mean, what do you guys think as far as, like, if he does, if they do let him go or whatnot, do those guys come? Or, I mean, do they do they well, leave? What do you guys think about, about that? Uh, 
Well, well, what, which means because the one because I mean people are already signed, so I mean most more than likely. Of course, if a, if a coach mm-hmm. ends up leaving, you know, and the player requests to be released, they can break that bond, right? They right. can definitely break that, and normally the school is going to honor that request if the if the coach leaves. But you know what? Look, this is what, right. this is the way I see it. Every single year that Tim Floyd has been here, we've been. I'm not going to say in awe, but we've been wowed by some of the talent that he gets. And yet every right. single year, um, it, it, it seems like we're let down, and more than that, they are let down because the talent isn't developed with Floyd. So, you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about, about the, the level of talent that we've got signed right now. I'm not saying that they're not good players. I'm not we saying actually like them. We, 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 we both like but, them. But I wouldn't have seen this, this thing scrapped at this point. And if they decide to come great, and if they don't decide to come, then, you know, whoever, whoever that coach is coming in, I have confidence that, that we'll still be able to attract, you know, some, some good talent. And so, I mean, there's, there's not much to do with it at this point. I mean, I, it, I don't know. When and, you're, you, and you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. I, I, I think the same thing. I mean, you're absolutely right. Because when it comes down to it, I mean, the guy's going to bring in his players anyways. And, I mean, obviously, if he sees a couple of these good players that we already have, they're going to want to try to, you know, keep them here. Of course, since they already signed and they already have their plans to come here. But um, so with that being said, what do you guys think as far as the next uh, guy, if there is potentially a next guy, who do you guys see coming or potential ties? I would love to see Greg Foster, but I don't know if he wants to bring – into the mess where he's at right now, you know, being an assistant, maybe trying to Let work. Let me throw a name out. Job. I don't know. Kind of, if you're a minor fan, I think you're in my age group too, Andrew. Kimani Young. Oh wow! I okay. want Kimani Young. He, he he's an assistant with with Minnesota, and he just signed a four star prospect with Patino. Really? I want Kimani. Kimani Jones Young. Kimani huh? Jones Young from what ninety four, ninety six. That day right there. That right there. Look already ninety eight. Kimani Young. Kimani Young, assistant with with, with uh, Patino's son. That is that guy. You need I, – I you know what? Floyd's biggest thing when he was pitching it early in his career was, well, we're going to be here. We're not a one-stop shop. But you know what? Screw it. Let UTEP become a stepping stone for coaches, especially for a guy like Kimani Young that's a, a, one of those hot commodity assistant coaches because he can recruit. That's the dude I want. You know, and, I, and, and that, look, the bottom line is we sense. definitely need a young up-and-coming coach that's got that fire in him. And if we are a stepping stone, then we are a stepping stone. That's fine because you know why? It, it will If we have enough success, it will get to the point where we're no longer that yeah. stepping stone. And we shouldn't be because we're paying Tim Floyd $600,000 when we used to pay coaches a little bit north of two hundred. You know, so I Go ahead, Andrew. I know you had another comment. No, no, yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I mean, he's a young guy. I didn't even think about his name. I mean, I didn't even know he was coaching, to be honest with you, but I think that's great. I mean, I think that was like the Brandon Wolfram days, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's, he's in his fourth year at Minnesota. Perfect, perfect. I mean, like I said, guys, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I mean, keep bringing it like you guys do, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do right now, you know. It, it really hurts me to see him. Hey. Especially, uh, we're, we're all in the same boat, brother. We're all in the same boat. But thanks for the call. We do appreciate it. Appreciate, that, appreciate man. all the support. Keep tuning in to Minor Rush, the Rush Podcast. Um, Kamani Jones Young, though. Damn, that's that's actually a good take right there. And I didn't even like Andrew. I didn't even realize he was coaching. Yeah. I loved him as a player. Great shooter. Yep. But you know, I man, that's that's interesting. Here's here's where he's kind of been. Obviously, graduated from UTEP in '98. Went to Aim High Foundation. Was a program director a therapeutic recreation assistant at the Kaplan house. And then his, his career What's started. What's his tie to he, Minnesota and to, to Patino? Well, he, he was, so he was 2012, 2013. He was at FIU. Okay. Patino was yeah, at FIU. So, yeah. So, so then they, they, they've been to it. They've been with they've been, they've been together for a while. Uh, let's see the 23rd on Patino staff at FIU. Uh, he's handled recruiting, scouting. I mean, he's done it all. This is a guy that has six years of. Uh, You're talking uh, about in the Big Ten, in, also. Yeah, yeah. All, they also in the Big Ten, and like I mentioned, they just landed one of the top recruits. He was a four-star guy, and I, I know, and that's this. This happened maybe a couple months ago, and I noticed it was we. You know, we follow a lot of basketball recruiting analysts, and somebody said, "Watch out for Kimani Young." And I'm thinking, wait, Kamani Jones Young? It came to me. It took me to a good place. It took me to a big field war, <laughs> mid-90s, Brandon Wolfram. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, so that Will Smith, too, another guy that I like from that team. So I did my homework, and I was like, and this was a couple months ago. This is even before the season started. I'm thinking, this is, this is Tim Floyd's. If they don't, if, if you, if, if, 
if Bob Stoll wants it, they need a cheap replacement. We haven't even talked about the budget cuts. <laughs> that, that got you I wanna, scared. I that got you scared. So that I, I mean, that. if you want a cheap, and, and this is not a, a cheap hire, I say money wise, because Kimani Young isn't going to demand a five hundred thousand dollar salary, even I though mean, he probably what, could. Just he, he might. He might. I mean, That's you're talking point. about coming from the Big Ten. You know, he he's an assistant that he's probably making a couple hundred thousand right now. True. Now, granted, even if you're making just a little more than you are now, becoming a head coach isn't a lateral move. I mean, that's still a vertical yeah. move. But he he could very well could ask down? for three, four, five hundred thousand. Um, and and I think it's unfair also to want to pay him less. Let, than, go go back to yeah, what we. Yeah, had. I mean, look, I understand maybe not Tim Floyd because we we kind of we pulled our pockets out. We, we, we Almost went into four the million, sofa, right? We went into the sofa cushions to find change. I mean, we did everything we could for Tim Floyd. Um, and that's still not that really, he doesn't get paid that much, but I, I wouldn't think that, you know, I mean, 400 is probably the, the best the bottom. That's, that's I mean, right. Right. I, I, don't, right. I don't see them paying him any less Plus, than that. With the also, recruiting we're talking and... about seven years ago. I mean, you know, coaches start to get paid more yeah. and more. It's not like, you know, they're going to get paid the same in another five years. But anyway, you know, talking about these budget cuts, I saw, uh, um, what's dude's Gabby. name? No, what's the what's dude's name? No, uh, um, Yellen. No, from from the the, the Spanish dude, the Spanish. Oh, Harry, Harry, Harry Ruiz. I don't know why I couldn't think of Harry's name. My bad, Harry. Uh, <laughs> but he he tweeted out last week that due to budget cuts, um, the we're no longer gonna have Steve Yellen as the the road color uh, color commentary guy, and I'm thinking. Like, bro, how, how much does it cost for an extra plane ticket? For an extra, but the, 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 really. charter, the plane's probably charged. Nah, no, right? they take they, they take, they take a basketball takes commercial football. Charter. Okay, true, because it's only yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, but even at that, I mean, you could share a room with Tice. You don't yeah, need you, uh, all your yeah, how, a plane how, much it, how much could it possibly cost? I mean, like, how bad are things to where you? Your color commentary guy from Road Game, and and they plan out their travel, and if so, these tickets are purchased already. Like we've got a caller here; it's an odd number, but let me take a look at this one. Hopefully, we're not still getting <laughs> trolled, man. He blocked the number. It's the eight one eight. How's I it going, guys? You. What's going on? Who are we talking to? <laughs> that guy got nothing better to do. That guy's got nothing huh? better to do, man. No, but um, so. Dude, how bad – How what's worst about this, right, is like every every time conference expansion comes around, we start talking about, you know, oh, maybe the, the Mountain West and maybe we, – we heard some wild stuff about even like to the Big 12, people are like, oh, maybe they would want us in the Big 12. It's like, bro, what are you, what are you on? You know, <laughs> let me do that. <laughs> we, we're, we don't even have enough money to pay for a color commentary guy. Like what does that tell you? That's that tells you, conference shit. That tells you that, that there is no revenue coming in. And if you are not generating any revenue, nobody wants you. And, and, and it starts with wins and losses. Man, I mean, where we've gone over the last, well, seven years with Floyd, four years with, with, with Kugler, I mean. But l- l- let, me, let me ask you a broader question on that. Let's look at the last 11 years of football. Like let's, I mean, Kugler's had his issues, but let's go back to, to the past 11 years. Is that does that play part? I mean, that's that parlays into what we're seeing with these quote unquote. Well, look, let me right? let me say this. Mike Price, okay, and, I, and I'm a guy, and I've said this a million times. You're Mike I'm Price say guy. It again. I'm a Mike Price guy. I never wanted Mike Price fired. I never wanted my. I never wanted him we to go. I, I call people out saying you'll see one of these days that it's not the right move to to fire Mike Price. Now I understood, you know, because I'm. I'm not insane, you know. I I I, I realize that. Hey, if you're you don't a Cowboy win, fan, but you're not insane. Whoa, yeah, ten and one, boy. <laughs> no, but I realize that. Look, if if you don't win, okay, at some point you're gonna get cut. So I understood that after seven years they decided to part ways, whatever. But Mike Price didn't just elevate the the football program; he elevated the expectations of the fans. Because before that, nobody gave a shit about UTEP football. Nope. And nobody cared if UTEP football went 2-10. and 10. But Mike Price comes in and gives us a little taste of what it's like. Now, we had had it. You know, you look at 2000, you look yeah. at 88. But other but than the that, hype wasn't the same as it what it was those two years before. It wasn't. And so you come in with Price and he gives us that taste. And all of a sudden, people expect to win. 
And and that wasn't anything that was that was something completely new for UTEP football. Nobody ever expected UTEP to win. And now, even us, every season coming in, we're like, man, look at this schedule. It looks it looks like we got a shot Manageable. to win seven or eight games here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We would have never said that 15 years ago. So, and and I get that, but like I said, let's look back. Let's wipe out those last. Well, okay, let's let's, let's look at the last eight years. The last. Three, four years of Mike Price, you were still bringing in, you still had attendance, quote unquote. But is that a product of that window, just this this window from what, 08 to now, where, I mean, one year we've been really good in basketball under Tony Barbie. And other than that, there's been no other opportunities for that revenue to come in. I mean, even with even with going to Conference USA and now Conference USA losing money, I mean, is this... Is this something that, that shouldn't be surprised, surprising if you followed this program and kind of the quote-unquote downfall over the past couple of years? Do you want to even check if we're getting trolled again, or you want to see if this is a real caller? It could be a real caller, but it could be troll hour. I Three mean, strikes and you're out, man. Three strikes and you're out. This is troll hour right now. Are we speaking to a troll? <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Funny, yeah. It's kind of funny, but, but – Bro, get a life, dude. Yeah, like, real, right? get a life. <laughs> Calling up a, a YouTube <laughs> a blog. YouTube, a YouTube blog podcast. Get, you a, get you a woman. Get you a yeah, nice dude. woman, even if she's alone. <laughs> oh, man. That's Where a, was I, bro? Where was we're I? We're talking about revenue. But, I mean, it's just, it, it's just a sad state right now. And it really overshadows the fact that we have a really good running back in our football program. I guess that's a that's a transition. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's a great transition. No, and and you know what, man? I feel so bad for Aaron Jones, um, because he has like they haven't helped him at all. Nah. If anything, they've put him in tough spots. They they've I'm not gonna say they made him get injured, but like they asked so much of him that it put him in that type of position to get injured. And and he's come back. He's rebounded from that. But like overall, like it just it it hasn't really gone the way that we would have hoped for it. You know, like this year, there were some times where you're like, "Where's Aaron Jones at?" Yeah. You know. And then there was other times where you're like, "Damn, he just rushed for 300 yards." But overall, like it just there was so many inconsistencies with how they coached this and and, and the development of Aaron Jones, like. I, I kind of feel bad that he's here, and I kind of feel bad that he has an opportunity to come back for another year because yeah. that's that's a tough choice when when you're not really a guaranteed, you know, high round pick. I mean, in my opinion, we talked about it a little bit. I told you I think he's third or fourth round. Yeah. But does that translate outside of El Paso and outside of homers? I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't think so. Maybe he's a fifth or sixth round. Maybe you slip into the seventh round. Maybe you go undrafted. I mean, that to to that. It, that's tough. Yeah. That's and I, I said my piece when I did that solo podcast about exactly that. Where to us here in El Paso, he's definitely no worse than a third round pick. But in these war rooms and these draft grades, he's gonna get a five through seventh round draft grade. Like that's guaranteed. I can almost guarantee that. And I, and I don't know other than watching Al Davis have bad drafts as a Raider fan. <laughs> that's my NFL draft experience. But it's a different beast. It's a really different beast when you get up there. And you know it's it's. It's a great win to end out the year. It's not a program-changing win. You know, it's, it's, to me, it didn't really save my opinion on where Sean Cougar has, but I'll give him this. He did get that team ready, and they were really well-prepared for that game. That's a, a positive sign. But at the end of the day, I think that Aaron Jones is going to have to make a decision here whether he wants to go through this NFL process kind of the hard way of risking of being that fifth through seventh round to being undrafted having to go into a mini camp as a third, fourth string, even fifth string running back and quote unquote red shirt on a practice squad, or do you come back, risk injury, risk being that guy again here at UTEP where you're going to carry 200 plus times where the offense is going to be based around you, where you're going to have higher chances to lose your draft stock due to an injury. But at the end of the day, you're going to be able to raise your draft stock where you're going to be able to go into a situation and get drafted and be almost, guaranteed to have a roster spot that i think is what aaron jones decision is going to be it's not so and much about thing. It, 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 and it's not so much about leaving utep or going pro it's do you want to go to the pros the hard way kind of like a vince it's honestly the exact same yeah. thing as vince hunter like it's it's apples and oranges obviously but the situation is, is the same again, bro? Nah, okay. 
This dude's calling again. You're all whole. Bro, I know you can hear me, man. Just just drop it, man. Why are you trolling like that? But, yeah, so it's it, – that... It is a little different from Vince Hunter, though, a little different in the sense that we knew Vince Hunter wasn't ready. Yeah. Like, he hadn't, yeah, really, yeah. De- he hadn't true, really developed true. his perimeter game, a true. jump shot. We knew he was a beast. We knew he was as talented as anybody we've ever seen here. But to go to the NBA, I mean, talent, you're a dime a dozen, bro. Like, yeah. to be able to, to fly high and dunk, like, I mean, you're, anybody can do that in the NBA. Guys that are 5'8 can do that in the NBA, you know. But we knew he wasn't ready. Aaron Jones, he's ready for the next level. He may not be a feature back, yeah. but he can help out offense. With, but, but he may you know, be a feature back. He could. He, he the way that his work, yeah. and this isn't just this isn't just being a homer. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Watch the talent. film. <laughs> we've seen this talent since day one. Yep. We've talked about him being in the NFL since day one. Yep. And is it is it now? I mean, again, it's like you were mentioning. Like it, it's not so much a matter of coming you know, back to playing here. Yeah, for it, it, it's really about pretty sure partially of it because his brother's here. But yeah, but it, it, it's not so much. You know, do I want to you know take the hard road or it, it, I guess it's it's. I'm at a loss for words right now, bro. It's just it's a tough situation for him because you're right. There is a possibility that he slips down past the fifth round, and then you're working your way out of a practice squad and all sorts of stuff. But then again, coming back, does that really benefit you? Make you, you know, you're still a running back out of UTEP. You, you're finishing third in the nation in rushing yards. Like, what else could you possibly do? You own every UTEP, record <laughs> at UTEP that could make you have, you know, a better draft stock. So. I mean, for me, look, I think he's ready. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be Ezekiel Elliott, <clears throat> but um, what's up, dude? You got something to say? Raider. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be a, a star back right off the bat, but like you said, he can definitely help a team out, and I think he's got it in him to be a feature back. Oh, yeah, really down do. the road, yeah, no I doubt really about do. it. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Also, as we kind of stick with the UTEP football program, I mean – Sean Cougar made – I, I, got, I got a lot of respect for Sean Cougar. I may not like what he's done X and O's wise, but he ain't no Tim Floyd that's going to bullshit yeah, I you. Agree with that. I agree I like what he says the foundation is there. The foundation is there. And when he's talking about foundation, we're talking about the depth. We're talking about linemen. But, I mean, is, is he, can he do it? And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that with knowing what that tough-ass schedule that they're going to have to play next year. I mean, is it is it like is it almost a twofold where it's like as much as UTEP does need to change? I mean, you're kind of setting up that new coach to fail in year one, even with a good team because of the schedule. Or is Cooler gonna be able to take this bull by the horns, get his coaching straight, have a whole year to reevaluate it? We kind of said this last year. It's the same thing. I'm expecting it to be the same thing, but that schedule, bro. I mean, we can all talk about, oh, it's cooler going to be able to turn around, this and that. Those are fair questions. My big question is that schedule next year is probably one of the tougher ones. Even going back to Cougar's first couple years, that's a daunting schedule that they have next this, year. This was supposed to be the year yeah. for Cougar. To be able to kind of chill next year. Yeah, in exactly. Sense, right? Exactly. Because – Look, you, you look at the schedule. We had a tough schedule early on. Shit, we, we honestly, if we had our shit together, we could have beat, beat Texas, yeah, bro. Yeah. We could have beat Texas. We had them on the ropes we had for, them for, the, for a good, not what, only that, but you see them down the stretch game? and you realize that they were never nope. a top 25 team, much oh. less a top maybe 10 tw- team. Maybe and top 25 talent, that. but top 25 team, no way. I mean, when we saw that win over Notre Dame, we I, were that, was a, that was the first thing I said. And both those teams turned out, turned out to be garbage, which is exactly what I was talking about. But, you know, I'm no Nostradamus. I just had to throw it out there to toot my horn a little bit. But, yeah, true. but right. no, I mean, right. this was the year. You had Aaron Jones healthy. You know, you've got Alvin Jones right there leading this, the, the defense. You've got a lot of players on that defensive side of the football. You know, you've got a secondary that was now a, a year more mature from, from, you know, what we had been playing in the past. You had the switch in style of defense. And that defense actually played well early on. And then you had the way the schedule set up the second half of the season with basically cupcakes from Conference USA. On. Well, it, I mean, that schedule in Conference USA, they easily should have gone five and three. And so that was a year. If, if Sean Kugler couldn't get it done 
this year, he's, why would there be anything, anything to tell us that he can get it done next year? And that's why I think if he comes back, if you're Bob Stowe, you're basically saying you're throwing away a year because I just don't see it next year because of the schedule. Let this is not become in and have that year as his rebuilding year. That like Cougar did in 2013. It just, you know, and it's it's not it's not because it's partially because of Cougar, but that schedule's tough. And, and we've seen this lack of offense. When you go on the road, you got to put up points. This team ain't doing that. This team put up 52 points against UTSA in five overtime. I, that, whatever. I mean, they did it last week, whatever. but I don't know where, I don't know where that came yeah, from. Yeah, and, and I don't even know what to say about that game. Like, I, I mean, because, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, well, that's the UTEP team we expected. Like, we kind of did. North Texas wasn't a juggernaut. North Texas was actually kind of getting lucky with their, the way their schedule set up for them to be able to be to get five wins to come yeah. with. The, and that probably where UTEP should be, the situation UTEP should have been in besides – going in there looking at, you know, playing for nothing. And it's just – it's going to be interesting to see how this season is spun from that PR perspective because just because of the schedule – and, yeah, we have a lot of people coming back, but the, that, that development of that passing game and you're losing your best receiver, Cole Freytag. And this is not – I really have a lot of respect for Cole Freytag, but Cole Freytag ain't winning you a conference championship as a receiver. Like, I mean, you know, then, man, like I said, I have a lot of respect for this guy because of what he's gone through, but – I was expecting guys like look, Terry Junell. And that's, what, that's the crazy thing is guys disappear. Like you mentioned, Aaron Jones disappeared. Guys in the passing game have disappeared. That's expected, though. That's expected. When, when you're playing handed to 2-9 and just let it, like, let's just see what happens, you're, you're not going to see big numbers from your receivers. You know, now we expect special teams, but, you know, you're not going to see a kick return every week either. So, it, it, look. Dude's still on hold. And I know he's still on hold. I'm going to leave him on hold, too. You can listen to us <laughs> talk funny. all the time. Now we're trolling. Does him. it count as a listener, then? Uh, <laughs> you know, you look back at, at some of the talent that we had at, at receiver under Mike Price. We talk about Jordan Leslie. Talk about Chris Adams. Maturi. Talk about who? Maturi. Jeff Maturi. Uh, Jeff Maturi, yeah. Um, Johnny Lee. Well, he was he was pre. He I think he was already here. But I, th- I thought Price he developed here. to a different level under Mike Price, though. And and man, it's just it's it's disappointing that we haven't seen anything like that. Like Aaron Jones is basically the the, the best thing yeah. that we've seen since since Sean Cooper's been here. Um, what's more disappointing is his inability or his lack of desire to go after a real quarterback. Yeah. Nothing taken away from Ryan Metz. We've we've been high on Ryan Metz, as, you know, but that was another thing that should have made this year the year. He got his quarterback. He got who he wanted. He got that transfer in Zach Greenlee. But he wasn't the and guy. And didn't pan out at all. And I wonder – I, I, I got to think, as sincere as Sean Coogler is, somewhere in the coaching room, they're looking at each other like, we fucked that up. You know what I mean? Like, Sean Coogler's a real-ass dude. Like, I don't think he's one of those guys that's going to be like, oh, he'll still pan out. Like, I think Sean Cooker probably thinks, damn, Creepy sucks. Like, yeah. he's not the guy. Because, I mean, like, it seemed, like we talked about at the beginning of the year, all the eggs were in that Greenlee basket. And that Texas game, pretty much, it just crashed. Even, you know, he didn't play, obviously. But, I mean, that just, it, it's, it's, it, it's a tough situation because it, it's, it's always you want to say next year. Oh, next year. But the reality of next year is there's only five home games. And those seven road games are tough road games all seven of them, because you might end up playing Western Kentucky. You might end up playing Marshall. You might end up playing Middle Tennessee again with the realignment. They're probably going to have UAB, who's going to be a talented team, even though they're rebuilding. They're going to shot. They got some really good recruits over the past couple of years. Like you're going to have to go to Oklahoma. You're going to have to go to West Point. Like that's not. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Alabama. You're going to drop one of those games. If you're Alabama, if you're UTEP, you better be lucky to to win four or five at home, you know what I mean? To give yourself an opportunity just to be competitive. And that is, that's what's really kind of disheartening is, is, you know, maybe if you've listened to our podcast or, or you expect this podcast to be kind of uplifting for UTEP football because of next year, it's, it's hard to be because of the schedule. And like I said, it's not because Sean Kugler's coming back or because the year that we have, there's a lot coming back. There's a lot to be excited for, but as we've seen, with this, with this Sean Cougar led program, road games how long, aren't how well. long do you think it's going to take for the UTEP to come out and, and basically say that Sean Cougar's coming back tomorrow on on his uh, on his radio show? He has a radio show tomorrow. You think they're going to make the announcement then? Well, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it's so much of an announcement of so much of saying, "Well, he's our guy." You know what I mean? Because yeah. if he, if, if, if I, I don't think they would have a Sean Cougar radio show 
on two days out. You know what I mean? Because like, and also too, if UTEP does that and he has his radio show and then it comes out next week that he's gone, they they're stupid because you need to get after that shit now because the coaching carousel don't wait for nobody. Yeah, it ain't waiting for Bob Stoll to sit down with Sean Cooley, whatever. I think they've had their meeting. I think it was Sunday. I think it was even probably yesterday where they had their meeting. He's coming back. Yeah, and that's, it, what's, that's what's so disappointing. And, and it would be stupid of them. It would be really even more disappointing if they wait a week. And he, on both sides, it would even look bad on, on Sean in a sense to be able to, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and step down next week. Well, let me say <laughs> something, man. You know, this leadership from Bob Stahl. That's where it all starts. This, this is where it starts because we talked about this a while back with Sean Kugler and the homie hires. And don't get me wrong, when Sean Kruger came in, we, we really felt like, I felt yeah. like it was the right guy. Yeah. I felt like, man, this is the son of the program, and, and he's got this fire. He's no we knew they were going to have to start all, all over. And, and, but it hasn't worked. And, and the, the fact is, especially from what you see with, with Tim Floyd, all that nonsense that you see from his program, there is no accountability from Bob Stahl. These guys are free to basically do whatever they want. And if Sean Kugler is back for another year, that just proves that even more. And it's so disappointing to the fact that, or to the point that it has turned me from who, I mean, dude, I, I was a, and I still bleed orange and blue. Don't get me wrong. I still follow every game if I can't go to it or watch it. But, you know, it's turned me who was a serious diehard fan diehard fan from when from when I was like barely able to walk literally going to games my whole into a person who I really don't care if they win dude like I don't I'm 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 being as honest as I can I'm at the point where I do not give a shit if UTEP wins or loses it doesn't mean anything to me anymore and that's that's sad like you're you're losing fans and and we're the people that have been around. Not only just that have been around, but we're the people that are that revenue stream. Yeah. We are that yeah. revenue stream. We're the people that are going to those games and paying money for season tickets. And you are putting out a shit product, and you're 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 not holding your coaches accountable. That's a big word. And it's and it's in turn turns so many people off. And you see that in the Sun Bowl when there's only ten thousand people there. Even though they want to announce 15 or 18, whatever bullshit, there was no more than 12,000 people yeah, at that last I, game. I, no, I said 11,000. And, and so, you know, that's absolutely pathetic Compa- to have that type of concern. Compared to other programs where there's struggles and their athletic director comes out and speaks out and apologizes. Or, you know, they write letters to fans or something. None of that shit. Bro, I know this is completely different, but Notre Dame sucked this year. Yeah. I just went to a game last week. There were, I, don't, I think people... 82,000 or something like that. There were 82,000 people there and they were standing up the whole damn game. That shows, I mean, and I know it's different. Like this is Notre Dame is a but, long but, but tradition. I get what you're but, saying. You know I, mean? I like, get what you're fans, saying. When you give fans a reason, like they will be there to the thick and no matter thin. What, yeah. But when you start turning them off and basically show, what, look, starting with tailgating I, I rules wanna, and I want to talk about this as if it were a company. Yeah. Because in in a way, it, 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 Bob Stoll is the CEO, preach, okay, bro, preach. and us as fans, we're the shareholders, all preach. right? And when you piss off your shareholders, well, one, your CEO gets fired, but two, those shareholders are gone. They're not there anymore. and and They're obviously gone. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing right now with UTEP, except for the fact that this isn't a company, so Bob Stoll still has his job. But look, man, I mean, like I said, I'm to the point where I'm so turned off at UTEP sports. I will still follow it because in my heart, I have to. Like, there's a part of me that just, like, cannot. As soon as the ball gets off. Yeah, like, there's not, like, I have to follow that score. I I don't care if they win or lose. Like, I really don't. And and, and the final, 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 final straw for me, even though I've had 100 of them, was Mississippi State. Because... We knew coming in that this was going to be a tough year for Utah basketball. And, and you know, I'm not even leaving football aside. We've talked about that enough. But basketball is just getting started. We knew it was going to be a tough year. We knew it was going to be a rebuilding year. We start off with that shitty game against Wake Forest. And then we come out against Western Michigan. We win that game. And, and I think I text you at that point, maybe this season isn't lost after. Like, if we can come up with a win against, yeah. against Mississippi State – Maybe we can hang in Conference USA in a watered down conference. Hang, hang, hang. Yeah, I'm not saying we're going to go yeah, win it, hang, but maybe we word. can hang, and maybe yeah. we are a top 
six team, top five team in Conference USA, you know? And that makes the season worthwhile. Yeah. Like, if you can win 22, 23 games again to the NIT or whatever, that makes And everybody's coming. Oh, yeah. supposed well, to come. Yeah, exactly. Supposed to come back. <laughs> I can't but believe that. that loss to Mississippi State and showing that Tim Floyd basically didn't know what the hell he was doing to win that game was my last straw. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely done. And, and who was across the sideline from him? Ben Hallen. Who's a pretty damn good coach? Just coaching, sir. I mean, no, not a pretty damn good coach. That dude is a damn yeah, good coach. Exactly. Bro. So talking about UCLA, yep. Final Fours. I mean, that, that that's your that's a perfect that is, example. See, ben right Howland is like what what they try to paint Tim Floyd as. Yeah. Like right. they they try to paint Tim Floyd as this mastermind that's had so much success. When the reality is that he really has. And, and, and Ben Howland went eight and two against him in the back yeah. ten. Back ten, whenever whatever it was called back the, then. The, the truth is, Floyd's biggest success was with OJ Mayo. Yeah. And what was the other kid's name? Uh, there was another guard, DeRozan. another wing, De- Demar Derozan. Those two guys. That, that other than that, Tim Floyd hasn't done shit in his career. Look back at his at his resume. Very little success at at what was it, New Orleans or I think, whatever. I think he had one good year there in New Orleans that pushed him to Iowa State. And Screw they were, it. Let's let's look this up. <laughs> Crazy. Go ahead, bro. Let me have it. I'll bust it up. I mean, we we spend nothing about the facts on the Rush podcast. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Tim Floyd, Idaho, 16 and 14, 19 and 11, 19 and 11, 21 and 11, 23 and 8. 17 and 15, 26 and 4, 20 and 10. So you got a 23 and 8, you got a first round in NCAA, and then the 26 and 4 was – the one that really kind of got him on the yeah, map. Because he was really had nobody on that. He goes to there. Iowa State. You got a 23 and 11, uh, 6 and 8 in conference. You got a 24 and 9, 9 and 5 in conference. That was his one, you know, pretty decent year there. 9 and 12 and 18. Then he goes to U- USC. 17. Oh, and- skip the NBA debacle. Oh, <laughs> oh, did he coach the Bulls? Did he coach the Bulls? Look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he didn't have, the post he might have be, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. But, Had but, to throw that in. Yeah, but pun. you go to USC, you got 17 and 12, 25 and 12, one good year, 21 and 12, 22 and 13, and then now UTEP, what, we, what we've seen here at UTEP. But look, this guy, how many double-digit lost seasons does he have in his career? Only has three, three single three, loss. Four. Four. Only four single-loss years in his career. And his best college he was his best college achievement was actually was maybe more than that because I didn't check the NBA stats. Maybe he had single loss years in the NBA. Doubt it, <laughs> doubt it, doubt it. <laughs> he, might not have. he wasn't on the Warriors staff last year. Obviously. Oh my god, <laughs> single digit, single digit losses, not just single losses. But you get the gist of this podcast. We're pissed off, UTEP fans, Shit. and it's just it, you just don't see it getting better. You just don't see it getting better until there's some change at the top. It starts. It starts at the top. Like we mentioned, like we opened up this podcast talking about will it happen? Who knows? I mean, this is going to be. <laughs> if there are no changes, if Tim Floyd is back next year, if things go the way we see them going right now, right? And then Tim Floyd is back next year and Sean Cougar is back next year, you'll probably see the worst attendance that we have, well, that I have ever seen in my 31 years of life. And I've Both. been, I was at. I was those diehard fans at those UTEP games when it was two and ten. And did, there was, did, did we play we in the Sumble after the game? Yeah, you know, yeah, pick exactly. up games when you could go down the field yep. after the game like nothing and whatever. Say whatever. And, and there was, you know, you didn't even need to buy a ticket because oh. or whatever. Or buy the cheapest People one. People were giving tickets yep. away, and not only that, you buy the cheapest one there, and you could just sit wherever the hell you wanted. I was there for those games. It's gonna be worse than that. John I'm Rayburn, sure. guaranteed. John Rayburn, guaranteed, up. bro. That's all I gotta say. I'm, 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 I'm sick of UTEP athletics right now. Um, I think we're being shafted by the leadership, and if they don't do something about it, more people will, will feel like that by next year, and you're gonna see it kind of really hit rock bottom. This is Anthony Salome, and I approve this and message approve on this, this podcast. <laughs> and this guy's this troll is still on hold. He just called back again. He's still Damn, on hold. go troll another blog talk radio. Dude. Mm. I'm pretty sure there's a million of them. Like, what else you got, man? You done? Out. You want to keep going? We, I could I could go all night really talking about this garbage. That stuff that you gave me earlier needs to get used. So <laughs> that's where my mind is. Hope you all enjoyed it. This is the Rush Podcast. I'm Anthony Salome. That's Alex Nicholas. That's getting blown up right there by Cappy. Steve Kaplowitz. Um, Kaplowitz, say what's up. You're on a live podcast. <laughs> say what's up, Steve. You doing a podcast right now? You're, we're we're wrapping it up. You're, you're live. You're Steve. live right now, Steve. All right. Sounds great, man. Hey, um, 
I'm excited about that. I was going to call you, and now that I'm on the podcast, I'll tell you this much. I want to make sure that the minor rush team heads to the press conference tomorrow at 3 o'clock because since it's too close to my show for me to be there, I need to have good representation. So I would expect nothing less than the two of you guys to be there to give me the full report on what happens tomorrow. There we go, straight from Steve. Shane, I was over here at the beginning saying, oh, that. I'm not going. <laughs> we'll catch y'all right, later, man. Hope y'all What's enjoyed it. On, That's the Blog Talk Radio <laughs> podcast right there. Minor Rush, SB Nation. Y'all know where to find us, minorrush.com. SBN Minor Rush at gmail.com, facebook.com slash Minor Rush, and at SBN Minor Rush on Twitter. Again, I'm Anthony Salome. That's Alex Nicholas, and we out. Live radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.